And I'll ask our First Lady to get ready, and maybe we'll do a countdown from 10. So we'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Vleetis Have a good time tonight. As forest underwear, and I, I, I don't have anything without TWFA. I have a ten year old son. Bleedies, did you vote? They want to know. Cyber Sunday 2008 begins with a mishmash, kind of like when we all sang Great Balls of Fire together back in 2016, and the whole roster got together with their script and sang it out. We had the roster come together and say, did you vote? Why bother? Your vote won't matter. It's only my future, and they really put how important it is, Vleeties, that you get on your smartphone, or at the time, BlackBerry, according to the set. This stage was a BlackBerry stage. There was a tactile keyboard on that phone that they had on their 2008 Cyber Sunday stage, and it should have been a sidekick. But, Vleeties, I hope you voted, because there's also a Divas Halloween costume. This definitely was... I I love this era of... Here's like this this opening package where the wrestlers are kind of building the theme to the event. I don't know if that's just missing from today's wrestling. I feel like I don't see that as much where we have these epic promo packages that kind of get you sucked into the event. Like Otherwise, it's just like you're watching a Raw or SmackDown where they have their individual opening songs. I really enjoyed having this little bit. I remember No Mercy had a pretty fun bit with All Nightmare Long by Metallica Blaston. Loved that. Uh, this Cyber Sunday got like just it got me into that mood to oh yeah wrestling has like acting in it and it's fun and we're, what kind of match am I gonna have am I gonna be ECW champion it made me realize this is the most important pay per view of our entire lives well until the first vote and Vladius we start with a Rey Mysterio entrance he has his mask over his mask which lucky kids gonna get the mask which lucky three kids are gonna get forehead to forehead tonight I'm a big Rey Mysterio fan I think he's one of those child characters that transcended that or actually became that later he started as one of those cruiserweights with the indie darling love we all love Rey Mysterio's spots ladies the high spots is that what you kids call them that's what we call them then too we went to wrestlemaniacs.com to get our scoops I didn't need Dave Meltzer either ladies you went to a nice site and it was credited to the observer just like yeah. mine why pay for that shit when you get it in a cooler font for free but ladies we loved Rey Mysterio and then WWE turned him into a wonderful family character the forehead to forehead with kids the mask selling I love what he stood for he took all that John Cena Bailey stuff and wrapped it up in a package that I wanted to see more than any of the others. And then Vladis, after seeing him, well, I'm sorry, did you want to trash Ray for a second? Uh, yeah, when he was putting that this bag in particular on the kid's head, I don't know if the kid wasn't going with it or if Ray just couldn't figure this shit out. But it was so like it was the only thing that stood out to me during this entrance because it was otherwise typical Ray entrance. 
great body, looked incredible, loved the tattoos. And then he's trying to put this mask on this kid. And I don't know if the kid has this like hand like blocking it. Like, no, don't suffocate me. Don't suffocate me. Don't suffocate me. Because some people have a phobia of putting things over their heads. And this might have been one of the times where the mask should have just been the regular like snap on the face mask. Yeah, well, ladies, Al Perro had a phobia getting in 619s. I think this was since this was before Ray got a body on his record with Al Perro, he was trying to suffocate that little shit. And he just had a thirst for it, Dexter style, but didn't know what it was yet. He needed to get in a, a high spot quick to get it out of his system. What a great film that could have been. The Wrestler 2, the luchador that's a murderer but gets it out in the ring. Oh, he punches stiff, but at least he ain't fucking killing you. Whoops, sorry, El Perro. I guess you are a dog. Then we ladies, might have to do a WrestleMania, or I forget the name of that movie, but yeah, we're going to have to do the one where Rey Mysterio's uncle is a serial killer murderer. So keep that in your back pocket. What happened in this match? Ladies, Todd Grisham came out and let us know what it was going to be. And it could have been no holds barred or anything else. I forget. But they picked no holds barred. No, no holds barred, falls count anywhere, or two out of three falls. And as a man who loves longevity, I thought two out of three falls was a slam dunk. Obviously, we're all going to vote that. I can't believe this one. No holds barred. I hate that. There's nothing worse than finding out Triple H is facing Undertaker in a no holds barred match at WrestleMania, especially when they're like, this is a big announcement about the match. No holds barred. <laughs> oh, you mean no DQ? We're going to be fighting outside the ring a lot, huh? And Vleeties, this story told, I mean, this match told the story that I missed. Like in this chat here, somebody just wrote, quote from Vince McMahon, but Ray's short 2019. Well, Vince McMahon in 2008 didn't give a fuck because in a business where we, where big end, where big cast beats Enzo 99% of the time or every time, I'm going to say this is a business where Enzo loses to big cast 100% of the time. Ray Mysterio was able to beat Kane and it was so great. I missed these times. Ladies, I came up with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. I'm used to the underdog. But then in this generation, we wonder why the underdog can't win when it's Dolph. That's fucking why. The super kicks suck. So I'm waiting for that next big underdog. I was hoping Enzo would be it. And Ray has been filling in the gap ever since, Sean, with his Royal Rumble wins, his world heavyweight title victories. He was WWE champion for one night. He was number 50 on what culture's worst 50, all of them ranked. He was the worst champion according to what culture. I don't watch them anymore after that. And after I found out one of them raped a girl. So I'm sick of that fucking YouTube channel. But, ladies, the point is, is that Ray Mysterio put on a damn match I'll never forget on this night. It was a good match, and I lo I love the story they told. And Kane beat the shit out of him, and it I love the spot where uh, Ray has him for the six one nine, and Kane just turns around and fucking clubs him. It's just great. And then he goes to do it again, and then it gets countered. It was just like when you see when you hear a Kane and Ray Mysterio match, yeah, you just expect okay some sort of squash match with a wacky ending. But that was no mercy. We had the wacky ending where Kane got cued. Now here we are at Cyber Sunday, and there is no disqualification. And yeah, I thought it went I thought it went well, and I love the. 619 into the splash now obviously i'm sitting there going well kane's gonna kick out and it didn't so uh and it didn't so yeah i definitely liked this match i thought it was a good opener and kane what a bad guy what a dick like Please. this guy should still be doing this i like the swashbuckling style of ray mysterio if yeah, i have the swashbuckling <laughs> style that was a quote of michael cole who's bringing out all the gems on this night he was going full time after jim ross died so this was a big show for him here in 2008 and the replays really showed how great ray is and you didn't do the finish justice was it really just some 619 into a splash or was it a choke slam into a hurricane rana onto the second rope into a 619 into a splash how amazing is this fucking asshole it was a good sequence because, yeah, like I said, you just expect it to be typical like Kane, Rey Mysterio. And then they have like a, this – they have like a Benoit Kurt Angle sequence to end it. And I thought it was really great. 
And then, well, ladies, what did you think of the, the Divas? Because after this match ended, we got to get a glimpse of the Halloween costumes. And the first yeah. one was a bikini. Yeah, buddy. I hated it, ladies. And I thought that it was a bikini contest. That's even what I wrote based on the first one. I was half paying attention because Michelle McCool came out in a troops theme. And uh, ladies, don't worry. Your favorite Eve is coming later. Just hang in there because then we got Katie Lee. Who's that, by the way? That's Catalina something. We saw her at Wrestling Cares in Los Angeles, and she goes on to become, or she might have already been, Paul Burchill's sister. So uh, she's a wrestler. She didn't hang around in WWE too long. I think she was in TNA for a minute. But, yeah, she's not anybody that you would remember other than we saw her at that one event. Well, she had a purple nightie and a wedding ring. So that was a great Halloween costume. And then Lena Yada, looking like Gil Kim, she had a Mortal Kombat outfit. And then, Vladis, Candice Michelle was skinny. Another girl we saw at Wrestling Cares, and she was very fat in person. You guys are so mean to her. She looked great. <laughs> she looked terrible. She had this big cardboard stand-up of herself in shape. And here she was dressed up as Marilyn Monroe, and she was all skinny with her dress singing. And I just couldn't stop thinking about Wrestling Cares when this fucking blimp came out. It tried to sell autographs for 10 bucks how many did you get well and i also saw her the <laughs> next night so i went to the mick foley thing that you didn't make it to because you were hanging out with uh <laughs> i can't even remember where we were there. joey long you're with joey long you could make it to to uh the awesome fucking mick foley show afterwards but uh she was there and she looked incredible and you guys are really rude to her she looked great lady she was disgusting and ugly and your connection's dying i'm gonna call and uh hang up and call you back i love this motherfucker Ryan Van Fleet is one of a kind. Uh, but M Michelle McCool is going to win this with her troops theme is what I thought, because that's the closest thing to having a gun. Then I saw a girl with a gun later. Then someone had two guns. This was my whole formula for mathematically picking a winner. And it actually turned out to be correct in the end. Who the fuck is this asshole? Last week, Vladis had severe problems. He has floods in his home, and we couldn't even get a camera of him for the second half. But I feel like we're going to have better luck this time. Vladis, did you get the mop out? Are we back? Do we do it? Is this Lanny Yada? You look amazing. You're better than ever. And I was just talking about my formula for who's going to win this. I'll fill you in on it later because we have more costumes to get to. That was just the first five. There's like two dozen more. And then we cut to Chris yes. Jericho backstage, Vladis, where he finds Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase Jr., and Umaga Jr. And he congratulates them on beating up CM Punk last month. But he's, he tries to get in their head. Like, don't you hate that Randy Orton is getting all the credit? And, oh, our esteemed GM, Mike Adamly. And he's just trying to manipulate people. This is a theme of the night, ladies. We'll see Jericho like a two, like a yeah, an old SmackDown versus Raw, going from person to person backstage trying to get help for his big match tonight. But they weren't having it, ladies. It, Ted DiBiase even told them that his match is going to be priceless, which got the hair on my arm to stand up like Spider-Man in Infinity War. I'm like, what's Ted DiBiase going to do tonight? Well, and when you say the SmackDown versus Raw, I feel like Test always had my back. That Test guy <laughs> was always riding with the Vleep Dog in the SmackDown video games. But, uh, yeah, and with Chris Jericho, I like this angle where he knows he's facing a bigger guy. And it's like, okay, what the fuck am I going to do? Let's get the priceless guy on my, on my side. And 
Ted DiBiase should have kept that original theme song that it would sound like he was in Roadhouse, like that swanky, like, I'm priceless, like tapping your foot, like priceless. Yeah, Everything Elias that came one. after that song was the end of his career. It was perfect, and they ruined it, as usual, ladies. Vince McMahon's so stupid. I'm going to watch AEW. Yeah, that'll be a great life. Imagine being that dumb. I can't wait. <laughs> Imagine saying that. You think Ted DiBiase Jr. is going to be there? Imagine typing that somewhere. But, ladies, and we have Todd Grisham introducing ECW GM Teddy Long, who has Tiffany. ECW. ECW. And then Teddy Long introduces Matt Hardy, the ECW champion. And oh, during Matt Hardy's entrance, Todd Grisham ran to the announce table. It was great. He even said, I'm out of breath. Where, uh, ladies, unfortunately, wait, was Matt Stryker next to him? I can't remember. Uh, I, dude, I don't remember this at all. Like, <laughs> I, I watch these pay-per-views with a baby on my lap. So it's like sometimes when there's backstage stuff, that's when I'm up and around and moving. And you're saying Tiffany was there. I would have remembered that for sure. So I don't remember Tiffany being there. I think we can both agree that if Matt Stryker was there, we'd remember, both of us. So he wasn't there. We would. But You know, Todd, when you're next to Tiffany, you look like an old ancient mummy still in your wrappings. How do you do every commentator's voice perfectly? It's from studying the program. You got Jim Ross down. You got Todd Grisham down. I got Booker down. Don't worry. I'll keep that one. But one of us needs to pick up JBL quick. There's one video where someone tells me I do a perfect Kurt Angle impression, and I've been chasing that dream ever since. Like I can never do that because I said one line like, Braun Strowman is not here tonight. And he was impressed that I sounded like Kurt Angle. I don't think I ever sound like Kurt Angle ever. I want to thank God, my family. Yes, you my fans. It's not just like him. I wish that was his actual Hall of Fame speech. He should have used the same TNA speech uh, in WWE because Vince doesn't want anyone to bring him up in their Hall of Fame speech. So that TNA draft would have translated perfectly. Get Sting out there with a ring. Let's make this thing matter. But Vleeties, we don't know who's going to wrestle Matt Hardy. He just had an entrance and he's standing in the ring. Uh, and this is before he was broken. This was just where his back was broken and where he ate lots of grapes. So he couldn't really move well, but the crowd loved him. He was the MVP of 2008. I'm calling it before we even finish the year. Every goddamn pay-per-view we watch, we got to talk about the pop Matt Hardy got. And we sit there waiting for his opponent. Luckily, Teddy and Tiffany are there to let us know. It was either going to be Mark Henry, Finley, or the winner, Evan Bourne. 69% of the vote bleedies. Vote and I think they also let fans make Evan Bourne's theme song. I don't know how much fan interaction this pay-per-view got, but they kept the drums high up in the mix, and there was nothing catchy about it. I fucking hated Evan Bourne. He was one of those indie darlings during the early days of TWFS that I couldn't dismiss enough. And then I watched him fail like I knew he would. And then Damian Sandow did it like I knew he would. And now we're going to have Perfect Ten do it. It's just all these pieces of shit that suck. That all you people try to tell me are good. And then we just got to wait a few months and see what happens. What's Evan Bourne's name now? It's something shitty, isn't it? What is it? Something striker? Uh, it's Matt It's Matt Seidel, and he does mm. some pretty awesome things. I can't say that yeah. I hate him. I even liked Evan Bourne, yeah. but I, the whole third eye thing with Josh Matthews and TNA was terrible. Or an impact, whatever it's called. But this Evan Bourne, I really enjoyed. And I enjoyed Air Boom Evan Bourne. So I think you and I are different where... Everyone, the Indy Darlings want these guys to be main eventers like world champions. Evan Bourne was perfectly getting this title shot here. And then he's perfect wrestling Jack Swagger unannounced on some 2011 pay-per-view. Like, I'm all in for – he's just a good guy that comes out and has a couple good matches once in a while. He's not really chasing a title. If if I can book wrestling, Evan Bourne would be there doing that now. He would be like, hey, we got to have uh, – one of the Wyatt guys needs to, needs to win. Oh, well, people like Evan Bourne. Put him in there with Evan Bourne. Like, just do that. Like – I'm like, the, I don't need my indie darlings to always be the world champion. 
Well, I'm a big fan of having a main event in the second match. This is the ECW main event, and you knew it was, when Evan Bourne kicked out of two sidewinders. That's right, the second trademark move of Matt Hardy. Not the even the, that's the third finisher then. Not the finisher, not the trademark, the other trademark. I would have been more amazed if he jumped out of a leg drop off the second rope. But these, but fucking Matt Stryker's stand-in couldn't believe what he was seeing. He fucking loved this match. And it ended, Vladius, with the twist of fate into a roll-off, reverse back into a twist of fate. And it was one of those great sequences that Rey Mysterio must have taught them. Rey Mysterio was the agent for this match, and it really showed. It was a good match. I, I liked it. I knew that Evan Bourne wasn't going to I remember wa- like, watching this now. I didn't see this in 2008. This was right after I stopped. But it was just watching it in 2019 or whatever year it is. I just was sitting there like, did Evan Bourne ever win the ECW title? Like, it kind of just seemed like he could have won that match. And we all just sort of went, wow, they're, they're rocket strapping that Evan Bourne kid. But how do you not let Matt Hardy, the fucking Road Warrior pop machine, uh, win this match? And it's I don't know what it is. Watching Matt Hardy in retrospect 11 years ago, he might be the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> I don't know what I'm feeling here. But he's got Shawn Michaels meets The Rock meets Matt Hardy. I love it. I did when he got in the ring and got on, put one leg on the second rope like everyone does and one leg on the bottom. I was thinking, grow that hair out and you're going to be a star. Put on some undies. He, we could have turned him into something. You could have been Neville, you idiot. Instead, you're Evan, what is it? Silar? You're he's, Siler from he's Heroes. Matt, he's Matt Seidel. <laughs> yeah, he's Siler from Heroes. No, he's he's Matt Seidel, and he's using his third eye or something. That's That was his gimmick for a while, and it was terrible. Ladies, he's Heroes Season 2, Siler. And there's a great series on YouTube of videos. I've been watching nothing but MCU videos. I had to fucking put my MCU playlist aside to watch this fucking event, and it was taxing. But there's a great video called The, the Fall of Heroes or something. Oh, it's beautiful. There's two parts up. Part three's coming soon. <laughs> season 2 was the end of it? I love YouTube. Who knew all this shit was on there? I spent one month in Australia with nothing but YouTube and I found Screen Rant there's one called CBR Walk Culture, never heard of them Such a, so many great YouTube channels that give me lists whenever I want them we gotta start making lists again ladies. we gotta start doing lists and quizzes and countdowns, I've been watching a lot of hockey trivia so yeah we're definitely, <laughs> we're millennials again, like people ask me hey have you seen this show and this show and this show, it's like nah like whenever I go to a YouTube video and it's like longer than 20 minutes, I'm like Ooh, no thanks. Like everything on Netflix is too long for me. I need a 19 minute quiz or a 19 minute wrestling retrospective. That's where my limit ends. So when we're like, hey, three hour pay per view, I'm like, better be like, you. I watch it in installments because it's like YouTube for me. Every time someone goes, hey, have you seen the show? I go, no, but have you seen Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder one? And are you ordering the second one? And I, I just let them know that I've still seen better shit. So I don't care about Lost season four. Because Deontay Wilder's fighting someone soon. And by the way, ladies, there's diva costumes to vote on. Beth Phoenix is a gladiator. Beth Phoenix has gladiator garb, but says she's going to go conquer the kingdom. So I don't know if she understood her costume. Then Maria was a bunny with a, uh, a carrot. And then Kelly Kelly was a ship captain. So, ladies, all three of these girls are better than Eva. Why is Eve your favorite? Um, her eyes and her skin tone. That's all it really is. That's all you need. Uh, same reason Brandy Rhodes gets to uh, waddle waddle away. So, yeah, all these other girls are just vanilla. It's all ice cream, cookie cutter, pick it off the shelf. I need something a little exotic, okay? I need somebody that dated Reggie Bush, and that's Eve Torres. Ladies, we get a tag team match, and we don't know who's going to be in it. So Todd Grisham let us know. It was either isn't be- this a weird – by the way, I know that like, I know you're about to announce it, but isn't this the weirdest, like, Taboo Tuesday, Cyber Sunday deal, like – 
What tag match do you want to see? Because I almost was like, none of these. No, like, I the wanted two of them, please. Because we had CM Punk getting revenge against Cody and Ted. And they even had backstage segments. So you know this is what they wanted. And then there was also one with Finley, probably. I forget. Oh, no, there's a mixed tag. But then the one that won. Oh. Crime time, so fucking over. Best gimmick ever versus Miz and Morrison. And I was watching this with Jessica on one of our three-hour combos today. When she goes to sleep at night, it's my morning, so we just spend time till she's sleeping. And then when she falls asleep, I'll turn off the call after whispering, I love you, good night. And I'll write her a long paragraph saying the same thing. Because even though I said it, she was sleeping and probably didn't hear it. Yeah, you always need to reiterate it with a long paragraph, like a poem. And I'm, I love that you're so romantic, and this shows through your live journals. Well, she did just message me, I can't believe you can keep treating me like this. And I think she called you an idiot. So, I don't know, she's not happy with us right now, but I'm going to talk to her and let her know that she's the n- number one priority in my life, and we're going to build a beautiful family. Well, and she is. Like, you're, we're men. We're stupid, Jessica. Give us a break once in a while, okay? And we're far away, so <laughs> we're having issues here. So Kevin will be there in a couple days. Tickets are only three ninety eight. If he books now, they're three ninety eight. If he waits like a week, they're four ninety eight. And if he uses the promo code Gillette, they're actually only two ninety eight. Please, is there anything worse than the, than the Miz in slow motion during Morrison's entrance? He does the worst Miz face from two thousand eight I ever saw, but it's in slow motion and never fucking ends. I love the whole entrance <laughs> though for Jim uh, or for John. I forget his name at the time, but not for Miz. It's funny that you say that because I actually love that they're both doing that entrance and one of them is wearing a big fur coat and the other one's wearing like these weird pant shorts and a weird cutoff shirt. Like they just don't look like celebrities at all to me. They're like real just like backyard wrestlers and it's awesome. Who I love both these guys as a team and The Miz is awesome. Even back then because it's maybe it's like looking at now where I really like The Miz now and then you go back 11 years and this is what this guy was doing. Like – can you imagine if he never put the undies on? This guy would have been, he would be the AEW champion right now. Well, don't forget, Miz beat Chris Benoit in shorts. So he would have been fine without the undies. But I personally needed Miz and undies to be champion for TWFS to exist. So thank you, Miz. And Vladi's crime time, gimmick of the century. God, this couldn't exist today. They got the pant legs up on their baggy pants, the boxers up. We got bling in our teeth. And that's a grill, excuse me. The bling's around the neck. And I saw our Little Wayne documentary that tried to say he invented the term bling bling. And I turned that shit off right away and canceled Hulu. What a load of shit. But Vleeties, he had bling on his neck. He had a grill. He had all the shit you need. A fucking bulletproof vest. Work boots. Oh, a wife beater under the vest. I lo- I'm just talking about JTG. Shad's fine. He's the heater. I taught Jessica what a heater is today. I mean, he's a necessary part of the crew. He kicks the ass. But JTG's walk to the ring, that little scamper, that uh, ODB, not from TNA, from Wu-Tang, scamper that he does. This was the perfect gimmick, and instead we gave him the Miz makeover we just talked about. A-Boy gave him red, red undies. They gave him the, ca- the Canadian kids outfit that the Miz wore, and it didn't work. He kept the cornrows, and it was so gay. But JTG in this outfit had limitless potential, just like Val Venus did. Yeah, it is funny when you – because JTG really – even even after Crime Time broke up and when he's still wearing the jeans, I thought that there was something there. And watching this back in 08, he's he's doing the swag. He's got the walk. And I remember the first time I heard the, the term bling bling was from that movie – not another teen movie where the token black guy was like, I just say things like bling bling and that is whack. Was Lil Wayne around during that time? Because if he was, he could have been a tag team champion. But I don't even think Crime Time ever even won the belts. Like we're having – this was these – I kind of agree 
this team is an example of maybe there is some racism in the WWE because Vince was like, yeah, make a black guys like this, do this. And, and Hey, they're going to be champs. Why would they be champs? Damn it. They're just going to wrestle Morrison and Miz with no belt on the line on the pay-per-view. I didn't get that. Didn't Morrison and Miz win? I mean, this tag team, I respect how they did it, but I don't agree with the content. Meaning they went on .com, WB.com, pre-YouTube, pre-Facebook.com slash the bar. I mean, before all of it existed, they were on <laughs> WB.com making their dumb little sketches with one producer, basically doing what they want, according to a Talk to Jericho episode. And then uh, somehow people loved what they were doing, thought it was funny, came back to watch it. And anytime I see clips of examples of their great show, it's always like... He or I'm, it's always like Z Long Long Island story humor. Like I'm gonna step over a fence and go over. It's like that's not funny. You're a big idiot. Don't climb that fucking fence again. I, I hate all of this jock humor bullshit. He was that trying comes to get over. What are, why? What don't you get? <laughs> oh no, Vladies. But on the Edge of Christian show, Cody Rhodes or Stardust is gonna flip an egg and go. Oh no, Finn Balor is gonna flip that's an egg Balor. and go over. And then I'm going to go, oh, did a guy just come on your face like it's Paige's NXT title? Because you're a faggot. Uh, but, Bleedies, I'm telling you, we got to get Finn Balor out in a, on a Halloween costume. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't listen to corn, so faggot's still offensive. There's a song called Faggot, okay? And it's about anti It is, okay? And if, and if Gillette hears that, they're going to pull their sponsorship. <laughs> Bleedies, I'm crime time 2008. Down. I don't give a fuck. God, no one says faggot more than a Negro in 08. Sorry, Gillette. Fuck, I said Negro. By the way, Damn please. it, Gillette. Don't <laughs> listen to this episode, Gillette. After Miz cashes in and beats crime time, we move on to the diva Halloween. This thing won't end. We got more divas. Now it's in between everything. It was every two segments for a while, but now Glamorella must be coming out soon because they're stacking them. We have Sister Tiffany as a nun. Who's Tiffany? Is that the one that was with Teddy? That's Taryn Terrell, yeah. That she goes on to TNA to become the hottest chick in the world. Oh, Taryn Terrell has a lot of uh, indie cred, as I call it, ladies. She did a figure four on the uh, post you told me, didn't you? Something like that. I mean, she <laughs> she got in a fight with Drew McIntyre, and it elevated her career to to referee proportions. Oh, kind of like how Paige got in a fight with Alberto Del Rio, and he beat the fuck out of her at a bar. God, how do these women do this? By the way, ladies, Brie Bella is an Egyptian. And then Natalia is a traffic cop, my favorite. She had two. No, she had two guns. or No, she had no guns. She had handcuffs. Very interesting. I think she had two guns, my man. Roll to that no, on that. Two, ladies, please. Jessica might still be listening. <laughs> jock, uh, jock humor, bro. I thought we were doing this. Then Eve Mendez comes over. Ladies, Eve, Eve Mendez comes out as a ninja turtle and gets over as fuck. And uh, but there are guns coming. I promise. That's when I started to pick my winner. What I swear, a character had real guns by the end. Uh, but ladies, and we have Todd Grisham announcing voting is coming or is open for the Undertaker versus Big Show. Do you want an I Quit match? Do you want a Last Man Standing match? Or do you want a knockout match? And in 2008, I never would have picked knockout match, but I was picking it today. I watched this today. I'm like, please be a knockout match. And then later on, they show us the promo video of him knocking out The Undertaker, and I'm like, there's no way Undertaker can knock this guy out. Make it a knockout match. Oh, I'd love it. But uh, we won't spoil what wins because it doesn't close yet, Vlades. Um, But personally, which one would you root for here? Um, I think during this time, I think I was a big Last Man Standing match fan. Just because in the video games, that was kind of the most common one you would choose and play. And you'd want to beat the shit out of somebody so they'd stay down for the 10. Uh, knockout match sounded like one of those things where it's like, this is going to be a pencil match. Whoever uses this pencil is going to win. Like, it was just, I didn't know what it was. And then I quit matches were always like, 
I don't know. They, they never ended really like clean. You didn't get a clean I quit match ending. You always had like Rey Mysterio with his knee getting smashed by a chair going, okay, fine. I quit, Chaffle. And like you get those matches. So last man standing, those matches rule, bro. I like when people get taped to the corner. I like, yeah, I like when John Cena does that to Amago. <laughs> Ladies, we needed this to be like unfriended too, Dark Web. I want to pick the winner. I want someone to die if I say so. We need a buried alive match. That's what I mean. Yeah, and I want to pick who gets buried. Like, if we have an I quit match, it's only great if The Undertaker says it. <laughs> Can I pick that? No, there's no way that could end any other way. And But uh, however, a knockout match... How would they have done it? Because Undertaker wins. Spoiler. Don't talk about it yet. And I kept not yet. Oh, we got to get to yeah it's Santino. Please. But I agree. I think. Well, and I also wonder for like the Kane match. If they had chosen two out of three falls, what the fuck happens? Are they like okay? Well, we're gonna do the obvious first fall. You're gonna do that. Second fall, I'm gonna tombstone you. Or like, did they have like a backup plan? Like, okay, if it's just a one fall, here's what we're doing. Because even that no holds barred match wasn't really no holds barred. It was kind of just a match. So do they go into these matches like our big show and Undertaker backstage, like looking at the poll, like, okay, last man standing is winning right now. So let's just pretend we're going to do that. <laughs> hey, I quit match. Just climbed up to 42. Oh, shit. Okay, well, if it's I quit, we're going to do this. Well, like, don't how you do they believe they're just picking it anyway and they know? But let's pretend. True. I'm the idiot fan who's probably like, no, nah, we're not even voting on this shit. It's all been it's all been predetermined. They the diva one we might have voted on. Well, they told us at the beginning our vote doesn't matter. So they straight up told us the situation. But let's pretend it does. Let's pretend the votes really decide it. They absolutely just have three finishes. And a lot of these are so similar that the finishes wouldn't need to be that different. If it is two out of three falls, then Kane just gets to save face a bit, get to look strong, gets to get the first fall. I mean, so lucky Duck Kane gets to act like he would have won if it was a regular match. But nope, you got Hurricane Rana in with 619, although Vlades forgot the Hurricane Rana chokeslam reversal somehow. But luckily, I, I corrected that. you. And Vlades, you're right. We need to uh, first, before we get to Glamorella, Chris Jericho's backstage looking for help, and they won't show who it is. I'm like, is that Test from SmackDown versus Raw? It's not going to help him, but he's and it's great the way they do it because Jericho's looking eye level with someone, and then they pull back to show Kali and his mate, and as they pull back, he looks up at Kali. So it was a nice reveal. Kali goes on a tantrum about how he won't help him, but the speaker for him just goes, his handler says, Kali says no, and then they walk off. And then Vlidis, my favorite, comes out. But what would you think of uh, Great Kali? Was this back when he was beating The Undertaker? I think he turns face like right after this. Because uh, I think Survivor Series is – because I even looked at the card for Survivor Series after this. He is like on the good guy team. So I think this is like – this was his big face turn. Jericho wanted help and he said no. And then suddenly we, we loved him. Ladies, we have segment of the year coming up. You know how I feel about Glamorella. I have so much respect for Santino. You talk to anybody from that locker room, and they'll tell you the funniest man they ever met was Santino. At least uh, Beth said it, so I'll take her word for it. Hey, Beth married Edge. She knows funny looking. I mean funny. And Vladis, he, he did the honkometer. It's the best entrance I ever saw. He had a unibrow coming out. And Santino's performance on this night, as usual, was incredible. I've never not laughed hysterically during a Santino segment. And that infuriates people, especially when you make a video called AEW is doomed right before saying that. But I love Santino. And Shazam O'Neal was there. Isn't it great when Santino calls people the funny name? I love that. I don't know why. Like, wasn't it John Chena? Weren't we all saying it? Or was that just us? I think we were the only ones doing the John Chena. And uh, yeah, it definitely was 
it, I wouldn't have said it if it wasn't for you. Yeah, but yeah, John Chena <laughs> was one of my favorites. And yeah, just we talked the way the swagger he had. And this era Santino Morella is very underrated. I guess it's I, like like there's another era of him that's really super highly rated. But no, I loved this guy. I think he's hilarious. And I kind of wish he's one of the segments that every time we go back and watch these 08 things, he really was holding this show together for me. I, I love it. Well, it was all these diva segments we were supposed to hate, especially now we're trained to hate this Halloween shit. Oh, it's pre-evolution, pre-revolution. Like we're all supposed to hate it. But when Santino's the star of it, it's great. Like we saw that at the bunny show thing with Snoop and Santino was there. God, and I love Santino abusing women. We get that tonight when he's yelling at Beth later. You stupid woman! <laughs> it's so fucking great. And he's like, you go back there! He's like telling her where to go. Uh, and it's not even on microphone. It's just probably making her laugh. He's like being over the top to get her to, to laugh. And he's, it, I like the idea that Santino's challenging people to break. Go on YouTube and just find a Santino clip show. Uh, the volumes aren't leveled, so get ready to turn your knob. But you're going to love what you watch. And Vlides, Shazam O'Neal was there. And the crowd went crazy for Shaq like he was Santino. And then Todd Grisham <laughs> announced Santino's opponent. It could be Roddy Piper. Gold Dust or Honky Tonk Man? I was praying for Honky Tonk Man, especially after the Honkometer, which we love. It's a staple of wrestling history. He was champion for 64 weeks. Well, Vlides, at this time, Santino was champion for 11 and a half weeks. Fucking love that shit. Uh, and Honky Tonk Man did win, Vlides. Yeah, and this was one of the ones where, at this time, I would not have voted for Honky Tonk Man. I know they had the, the gimmick going back and forth, but... I like this Roddy Piper guy, and I know that he was kind of around during this era, so maybe it's not as special as, you know, like, to me, in 2019, I'm going, how the fuck did Honky Tuck Man beat Roddy Piper? To me, Roddy Piper is main event, like, one of the top tier, and then Honky Tuck Man was, like, around for, like, a year. Like, he, how I, I never really way? looked at him as more than an Elvis guy. How do you feel that way? Did you just say that Roddy Piper is top tier? Because I go back to a Starcade where he fought Hogan, or maybe it was, like, Super Brawl. It was. Something it was after. Oh, okay. And he beat him. <laughs> well, holy fuck, I should have watched it. Are you kidding me? Oh, he is top tier. Piper... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Dude, Piper beats Hogan, the champion, and the belt doesn't change hands. I don't know who books WCW, but I definitely watched Piper beat Hogan. And then where he was just like, sell... the bagpipes are playing, everyone's going crazy. And Hogan and like Jimmy Hart are leaving with the belt like, fuck you, bro. Sorry. Oh, it was like WrestleMania 9. Sorry, ladies. I couldn't uh, get through the Alcatraz promo of... Roddy Piper locking himself in a prison and freeing himself, getting through out through the gutters, and then he swims home through the shocks. And it shows him on a boat shirtless, like made a flag out of his shirt, and I'm like, I'm not watching this fucking match. And apparently he won with a sleeper hold, you're telling me? Yeah, it was incredible. It was yeah, one of the greatest it. matches I've ever seen. It was better than Hogan vs. Warrior 2. Ladies, you know titles can't change hands from sleeper holds. It's the worst move ever. That's that's the rule. But it's section thirteen point two in the WCW books. You know when? Uh, didn't you love when Jericho would come out and quote the rule book? Or like they'd have uh, who was that guy that was a four horseman guy but ended up running WCW? James Dillon. What didn't it blow your mind when you find out he was a manager or a wrestler? It's weird when some of these older guys are like wrestlers, but you got to remember, like in the 60s and 70s, you can have the biggest beer gut and be <laughs> world champion for years. Like everyone talks about Harley Race, like he's this incredible wrestler. But when you watch him in like WWF in like the 80s, you're like, this is the guy everybody really loves. Like, I no offense, Harley Race. I know you're a legend. I've never seen a good match, though. You know, come at me. No, it's great. We all accept that Ric Flair is the best, but then we got to hear him tell us Barry Windham's the best. It's like, I don't know. He's a fat guy. 
I don't know why I don't know, you got the, the stalker. What, what? I didn't work sixty minutes with him or nothing, but <laughs> I gotta say, I think he sucks. By the I way, think he I, came out to "Born in the USA" though by Bruce Springsteen at some WrestleMania, and that's an incredible song. So I agree, Barry Windham, number one ever. So better than Hogan. Uh, Chris Hemsworth should be playing Barry Windham in the next movie. Well, you know who else was great? Road Dog's brother. That's dead. You got to hear about all these great workers, man. Could have been an agent, but Valiti Santino Santino fought Honky Tonk Man in a dance off. And it was marvelous. Honky Tonk Man couldn't dance, and it, this thing was dying. And Santino got the crowd to laugh with the dance. It was the, I love it. You're put in these positions where nothing can go right, and he makes you laugh anyway. He did the greatest dance I ever saw. He won, in my opinion. We didn't do a honkometer to gauge the crowd volume, but I'm, I think he won that thing by 10 weeks. And then, Vladis, I think they had a match where Honky Tonk Man won by DQ because of Beth, and that's when Santino lost it. You, are you stupid? You stupid woman! And he gets out the ring. He's telling, you go back there and shit. But then what happens? Black Rain comes out from TNA. Gold Dust. And then Roddy Piper. And they all, all three of them with Honky Tonk Man beat up Santino and Beth. They're just beating up. They, Hulk Hogan comes out, takes his belt off, and slaps Beth Phoenix's beer back with it over and over. And <laughs> says, go win that bikini contest now. And he goes, I feel like such a pig. <laughs> Starts saying sex tape lines. Uh, I ate so much. And then he called it the Silver Dome and left. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Left. I missed, that was all I came here for. Missed that nigga hater. Sorry, ladies. That's his words, not oh, mine. That's, that's a quote. That's a quote. Watch the sex tape. <laughs> what a Watch fucking ridiculous. Well, no, and with this, with this bit, this was when uh, Goldust was coming back from being Black Rain. So yeah, definitely was he big. I, I kind of even. I did you notice was he bigger than he is now? Because Goldust 2019 should be world champion. Well, this he, guy, I don't know. He did the Black Rain finisher instead of his, which I hated, and he was doing that for a while. I called the Sidewinder, the same as Matt Hardy's second trademark. But no, he. He came out, and I thought by this time he was with Booker T as tag champs. We've got to cover more years. I don't know what's going on in wrestling. That was in like 02, 03. <sighs> put it on the list. Put it on the poll. We'll let uh, Justin Alpert tell us which one to talk about. And I trust him. But, yeah, ladies, I expected, because the way he came out, it was commentary talk. Like, this was rare and important, and we haven't seen him. Like, and he's grouped with legends here, like Piper and Honky Tonk Man. But the reaction was not as such. No one gave a fuck, as they probably shouldn't have. If he came out as Black Rain, I would have marked out. As a matter of fact, just come out as Suicide. Maybe the Calgary Kid. I don't know. Any of these gimmicks could have really got over as greatest intercontinental champion on that list. Uh, but once they were beating him up, you got what you wanted, right, ladies? You got your Piper fill? I got my Piper fill. I got my Piper fill. I got my Goldust fill. And yeah, I guess at this time, Goldust was sort of on this level, I guess. But you're right. It's weird that it's like two guys, two legends from the 80s. And then I don't know if you'd call Goldust like a 90s legendary figure. But I mean, he had a great run, obviously. Well, he but should be. He absolutely should be. And then he became the artist formerly known as and was a joke. But also, let's compare it to a Goldust has gotten pops like you kind of are thinking, why didn't he get here? Like when him and Cody... In 2013, beat the fucking shield. That was, and that might have been more Cody. Who knows? That was, but, but no, I, I give it to Goldust. And that Goldust versus Orton match was incredible. I know that, uh, I don't, it was on like a Raw or something, but just they had a really good back and forth match. And Goldust has had matches that it's, it's, 
it's funny because he's wearing a gold jumpsuit. So every time he has a great match, I'm like surprised. Like, what the hell was that? Who's this guy? Well, it's the gloves part that ruins it. They're just uh, really uncomfortable to hold or to be held by if you're the opponent or to wear if you're him. And Vleeties, uh, the problem too is in 2008, we're, we're putting this all on the character Gold Dust to get that reaction. By 2013, it's on the Rhodes family name, which is what has always brought any type of affection to this character if you go back to when his kid was running around on the beach with terry and you found out their name was reynolds instead of Rhodes, and it was just weird like uh, it was always the super personal stuff that made him matter not gold dust in a wig doing his move and it falls off during the move that was always the worst part so yeah it took five years of them reminding us who the human being is and by then we're ready to explode like it's Dolph ziggler cashing in yeah, and with Goldust, I mean, we can go on and on about him forever as we normally do. Because I, I, I just I look at this character, and it's it's at the point now where he's in his what he's almost fifty, and there's no way he's going to be a WWE champion. But some of these years, there could have been something there. Like when you look at him and Razor Ramon, and I guess a lot of people didn't want to work with him back then, but. Gosh, there could have been a moment there where D- Dustin Rhodes could have been on top. Too controversial and just a little too early, but it was perfect because it really clashed with everything else. I was so creeped out as a kid when he pulled that wig off and ran at, ran at somebody during his first pay-per-view match. And, and maybe that's like a – maybe <laughs> – this is going to sound ridiculous, but maybe it's like an Undertaker where he didn't necessarily need the championship. It was just <laughs> sort of he's one of our main characters. It plays well. He's like a top heel. We don't need him to have the belt. Well, think about then, it, ladies. This guy has a great match on a hate truck, but what can he do in a 20 by 20? And it's a time when Mick Foley is mankind stealing the show with The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and there's Triple H coming up, blowing Stephanie probably earlier than we all knew. And that mutant China. Like, there's so many great mid-level guys that Goldust character was so great, but the guy behind it, which oddly enough is what made us love it, was he great enough? No. Yeah, and with with Dustin, yeah, they're definitely. I mean, of course, I didn't watch his WCW stuff before he was Goldust, but I don't know. There just seems like there's so, like this moment could have been a big moment. There just something was something's missing. Well, from I Goldust didn't even history. care about Piper at this fucking thing, and you acted like he mattered. I didn't care about Honky Tonk Man except Piper about- rules, dude. You got to watch They Live on Blu-ray. It's fucking epic. He's a mid carter and only the Honkometer made me care about Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> so I was happy with the results, but not with the beat up at the end. Santino should have cleaned house. Like You're it- just typical AEW. You like the alternative Santino Morella, and I'm over here with my blue undies and my kilt. Because Roddy Piper rules. Ladies, we have a WrestleMania promo next because it's the 25th anniversary. And they didn't ask us once if we voted. Then we move on to Jim Ross and Taz. Taz must have been on the ECW table. But Jim Ross and Taz promote the Diva Halloween voting. Fuck me. Maurice is a French maid. We have Princess Layla as Princess Leia. Victoria has a big banana and two baby rattles and is being bizarre. And then Mickey James is Laura Croft. Now, here's where it all came down for me, ladies. Princess Leia had a rifle. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, this chick gets a gun. She's going to win. People love Princess Leia in 2008. But then we go from an orange tip rifle to two actual revolvers that Mickey's dad had. She, those are licensed and like they, they're, what's the word? License must be the word. He had a background check and she was Laura Croft. And when I saw two real guns, I knew she was going to win. But ladies, don't spoil it. It's not going to happen yet because we have the Big Show Undertaker promo video. The Big Show Undertaker. This was an interesting feud. These guys are like the obvious, like, let's throw these guys together. Two big men that can actually work. It's not like when you throw Sid with The Undertaker and they don't know what's going on. These guys can go, baby. And, yeah, uh, the once they reveal the vote, 
I do kind of agree with you. This might be fake. At least when you put Sid versus The Undertaker, he shit himself. But no, I think this is a great result. I would have voted Last Man Standing, not to spoil it. It won. But no, I did say Knockout Punch. But I mean, you would have wanted Knockout Punch. But I, yeah, I'm. I think during this era, everyone liked Last Man Standing matches. It was just, it was kind of still rare enough. But in the video games, you would always wait. So what's fake about it then? What do you think should have won? I thought you said it was like a fake voting. Well, it just I just know this would like looking at it now, of course it's a fucking last man standing match. <laughs> I quit match is so obvious that it's gonna be uh Undertaker's not saying Fleeties, I quit. that doesn't make it fake. It just means they influenced us, which it yeah, they, they definitely have one they want us to pick, and I don't think the tag one was what they wanted us to want. I don't think well, knockout was like when they throw in like, you know, chain match. Like we're gonna have a ladder match, a cage match, or a chain match. It's like, well, obviously the chain thing is just the third one. It was gonna be an I quit versus last man standing, but they weren't gonna let us choose I quit. And I was really just saying that as like a throwaway to help you move on, but I'm glad you <laughs> keep going at it. Ladies, I'm telling you, last man standing is the best match. This was a legit vote. No, okay? it was. I, I this was totally root metrics has verified this. It's a real vote. I, I don't know why this is your example. And then when you say it's fake, you're reason why is that of course people are going to love it but no you're saying that people love i quit matches i don't care what it is Lee. you stop talking it's the last man standing is the video game we you're all the, know it. all right you're the last man standing you win now i, I have this finish fleeties for last man standing matches i've told you about 10 times so i'm just gonna tell you about it it's happening real i'm just gonna tell you about it one more time i just want the undertaker big show to fight and i want big show to knock him out but Big Show's hurt, too, so he falls. I don't know. That doesn't make sense, but fine. We'll figure that part out later when we talk to Rey Mysterio, the agent. He's going to want more flippy shit. So anyways, the count gets up to nine. Undertaker rolls out of the ring, lands on his feet, technically standing, and wins the title. What do you think? That's, that would be a great ending to this match. If this was the video game, though, Undertaker would do a last ride while standing on the table through the table to Big Show. Oh, and yeah. then there'd be a huge mess. And then at like nine or I don't even say eight, Undertaker pops up and then does a celebration and we win. Then at 7 a.m. he pops up and has breakfast at Tiffany's. I love what you're talking about right now. It's the best vote ever. But ladies, after the shit match where The Undertaker got up before 10 in a very normal way, no rolling at all, and you knew it would happen. Big Show wasn't even moving. Uh, after The Undertaker wins the knockout match, uh, we see Chris Jericho backstage with the esteemed Mike Adamley, and Jericho starts threatening him. But Adamley says he isn't spineless, and he's not changing the match tonight that Jericho has with Batista. And then Jericho happens to get a pleasing text message. He smiles and backs down. So he has something up his sleeve, ladies. It might be test. It might be test. And you know what's weird is like the, every time we say test, I kind of go, was he alive at this time? <laughs> and I know that's like a, a bad thing to think. Like, I don't know. I'm really not sure if test is alive during this pay-per-view. Well, ladies, he was in ECW. Was it? Oh, that was before this. Time. That was in 06. And oh. I know he went to TNA <laughs> as the Punisher. So I don't know if he's alive during this, man. So oh, just no. keep going. I hope he was. <laughs> I hope he saw this, who won the bikini contest. This video's going to get real sad. A lot of people are going to be like, this is dead. I hope he saw Kelly Kelly lose that bikini contest. But, ladies, I'm trying to talk to you about Triple H. Wait, that ain't happening yet. Please, Jericho. What an amazing pay-per-view. You know, Jericho walked off pleased, and then we cut to Taz in the ring. And we're getting to this diva Halloween costume contest. And there's not enough Santino for this to be great. And also, they snuck in a Batgirl. In the middle of all the girls coming out, someone had a Batgirl outfit on. And did I miss her promo? Or is Batgirl silent? What happens with her? 
I think there was. I didn't. I don't think they showed everybody. Like, because I think they only showed like three or four at a time. There's twenty girls in, in an era where there's no female wrestlers. There's twenty of them in the ring right well, now. Well, this is fake and, then. What the fuck is that? Does that make it, it fake, ladies? I don't know how your logic works. And it's Jillian, and she's the one who's like, I know you won, man. She's incredible. <laughs> she is great. And she, but she didn't win, ladies. But what's great? We had all the women come out. Taz was in the ring. But now that the women are, the ring, are in the ring, Taz is either gone or behind them because he's short. But you hear his voice. We don't know where he went. But Taz is talking. And uh, <laughs> he disappeared, but still had a mic, kind of like his radio show now. And then he announces the winner. Mickey James with two guns just edged out Princess Leia's toy rifle. Laura Croft was our champion. And ladies, I started playing Shadow of Tomb Raider. It's on Game Pass for free. Go to Gillette.com slash Tomb Raider for your latest <laughs> promo codes. And I fucking went on there. And I, I survived a tsunami. This is the greatest game ever. And Laura Croft is such a dumb little Mickey James dyke. Because she pulls this knife <laughs> out of I don't of know what that means. I want to review the game and tell you. He pulls a knife out of a she pulls a knife out of a stone. Apparently she's worthy. And then the ground shakes and she sets off all these cataclysmic events. I don't know if that's the word. Apocalyptic is closer. And we have a tsunami coming, an earthquake coming, volcanoes, all this shit. So this guy tells her all that. She goes, "You don't know you don't know what you've done." I have he takes the dagger from her and goes, "I have to go get the box and put the knife in the box and fix this." And he goes off on a helicopter. A tsunami hits her. Oh, and we're in the water. Try not to hit shit. We're going this way. We're going that way, ladies. I did it all in one try. This was better than fucking Uncharted 2. It's the greatest set piece I've ever seen in a game. I survived. You died at least twice. Everyone dies at least twice during that. So, but here's the thing. It's horrific. You see people floating in the water dead. At one point, you're climbing a building like Nick Drake. Is that the guy? Nathan Drake. Nathan it, Drake. Nick, Nick Drake is, uh, no, that's not him either. Is that the guy that does the commercial music? I think he's the guy on Nickelodeon, Nick Drake. Nick Drake's a musician, I swear. He does an acoustic melody or two. But no, you see this little kid fall out of his window calling for his mother's help, and he clings on for a second, then falls into fire. So after all this, she's on a helicopter with her friend, and her friend is paralyzed by the pain of what he saw. And she's going, but my dad's notes stopped here, and now we got to get the clues for here. And then she starts going, we got to stop Trinity. And Trinity is the guy who said, or the company that the guy works for who said, I have to stop this. So they're trying to save the world that she's destroying. She watched all people die. That's her fault. She doesn't give a shit. I hate this game. Nathan Drake would be crying on that helicopter. This sounds like a terrible game. And I know that I've never played it. And I, I've, the last Tomb Raider game I played was on like keyboard. On the keyboard. It was on like the computer where you had to use like the keyboard to controllers. So I didn't know that they were still making games like this. And, uh, that sounds awful. That well, sounds ladies, like... You, you want to know who's making it? They, and they tell you, before the game starts, a text pop up, pops up that says, Shadow of Tomb Raider is made by a diverse group of with different backgrounds, and I'm just wanting to fucking turn this what? shit off. I what hate does that mean? It means I'm shoving diversity down your throat because video games suck now. It's taken oh, over. Okay, does it mean like you have to accept this game because it's made by yeah. a very diverse group? Just, like, just because yeah. Mass Effect Androgyna, it's the same shit, and both games aren't, suck. Aren't all games made like that, though? Like When I look at the credits, there's so many different names in there that it's like, 
you look at Assassin's Creed, it takes like 16 million people to make one of those games. And some of the names are Japanese. Some of them are white names, I'd say. No, don't tell me that. Fuck that. Ladies, we need more diversity. And I like warnings like this so I know what not to play. Although I'm beating this game. It's amazing. Uh, Because... uh, Can't wait. There was another one I played that's where this... Like when I see a woman on the cover of Battlefield Five, that's my disclaimer not to play it. I don't need the text. I got the cover to tell me how shit this is going to be. I did almost buy their 1S though bundle. I was a chick in one of those, in like Borderlands or something. I think I picked a female on that. I think I picked a female. Yeah, which world in... war was that? In which which country did she fight for? Borderlands 2. We Turkey. were vault hunters and uh, I don't know what planet I was on. Yeah, well, oh, I forgot what it's called. Pandora, I think. Yeah, well, the diverse team that made Battlefield thinks Muslims had women fighting. Felides, they only had children fighting and male children. That didn't happen. Yeah, that's, that, that didn't happen. Felides, Taz disappears. Oh, we already did that. After <laughs> Mickey wins, Triple H and Jeff Hardy, Hardy's promo videos play. And this is really where I disconnected from the event. Once we got to the due title matches. And I don't, I blame Triple H for the first one. And I don't know who to blame for the last one. Because I love Drax. He faces Jericho, spoiler. But I think it was Triple H's match even with a pedigree off the top rope, which luckily I didn't even catch. But it was seeing a Triple H match that just removed me from everything. I was so bored with wrestling. And you know what else it was? I thought Undertaker vs. Big Show was the main event. I thought the shit was ending. So by then, it's like we had a women's costume party since. I'm like, oh, fuck, this event's more than an hour and a half. I thought this was in your house. So I was so fatigued by this point, ladies. And I'm kind of with you. The the only odd thing for me with this Triple H-Jeff Hardy thing is – there's no heel, and Triple H was clearly who I wanted to boo. So it was like, I was just confused. I was very, I was like one of the creators of the Laura Croft game. I was just very confused about myself. Just and boo Triple H then. Boo who you want. Like AEW but that's what tells I mean. you. It's like, when he wins, there's kind of like this mediocre pop. It's just hard to get invested. It's like Stone Cold versus Undertaker at SummerSlam. There's just not that, like, I want to boo him, and yes, but that's, that, that's being hipster wrestling fan. Like he's being a good guy. He's like, I hope you bring your best game, Jeff. You know, he's being, but he's, Valides, I don't know. He, they're both being, okay. being good guys. And we're, I'm a corn fan. So I'm on Jeff Hardy's side. Paroxahujan day and night. They need a goddamn Emmy. I love that band. We have a cup. Paroxahujan. <laughs> an Emmy. We have a cover band called Paroxahujan. That's how much we love. Or it might be the opposite. They might You're be. You're Paroxahujan. Uh, they're Paroxahujan. Who can And first? neither one of you are getting an Emmy for outstanding work in television. Yeah, just tell us that. Cause that's what we need to hear. <laughs> and not only that, Jeff Hardy's getting an Emmy for a painting of a face that looks fucked up. And then he's going I like his paintings. I don't care what you guys say. I like his face paint. Hey, what can I say? We're both idiots. But Fleeties, he should have won. <laughs> because you're you're right. We're going into a face first face situation, which I typically love. But when one of the guys is the only reason the match is good ever, because he's doing all the cool stuff and you're rooting for him as the underdog, because he's smaller and more relatable. And his promos might not be as good, but they're shorter. And he has that American accent we can all get behind. So it's really bizarre, uh, the feeling of how to react when you see Triple H win again. Now, it wasn't for me. I just hated it like I always do. But you were conflicted. You didn't want to boo a face. I understand, Felides. You're a WWE loyalist. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, it, it's, he's, they're both good guys. There's not really any reason to hate Triple H, but no, when please. you're watching this, well, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> Kevin. I know you get the Observer newsletter. But yeah, I was watching this kind of just like, fuck, I, I want Hardy to win. And when he didn't, it was a bummer. It was, it was like watching Kofi lose to D. Bry. But imagine if D. Bry was a good guy. Like it was just this disappointment 
like, ah, fuck, like, whatever. Why did I watch that? And I know wrestling's fake and the bad guys win sometimes, but this bad guy is a good guy. So <laughs> it was a weird match to have on such an important event. Like this, this event is the most important event in wrestling history. So, and test was alive during it. So <laughs> yeah. How was, you should have been ECW commentator. I think I can't remember, but ladies, <laughs> Uh, was the pedigree off the top rope good, or did Jeff put his hands down? Because I got to believe Jeff can take a bump. It was good. Yeah. Yes. Jeff, it was good for, hey, CM Punk used to do this, but it was just kind of like, I don't know, Triple H didn't make it look good. It's, oh, it was a Pepsi splash? Yeah, I know what you're No, no, no. It was, the right, it was the correct way, but it's still like, I don't know. It just wasn't like I would have preferred a regular pedigree and a, and a pin, and then I would have liked if Triple H helped Jeff Hardy up, and they walked out together and like, we're friends. Ladies, we have a promo video for Batista versus Chris Jericho. And we saw Jericho all night trying to get help. I don't know how. What, were they supposed to come out and help him? And I don't even know what the voting was. I don't have any notes on this one. Ladies, tell me about this match. How good was it? Um, I kind of, this was one of the ones I just, I, I might have been like you. After the Triple H, Jeff Hardy thing, I was a little tuned out. And maybe this is why I stopped watching wrestling was like, I don't know, that match kind of stunk. But getting into this, I love Batista. Is Batista the greatest wrestler not named Matt Hardy ever? Oh, the and entrance, ladies. Let me cut you off. But seriously, what was the voting for the Triple H match in this one? Because I don't know. I didn't write it down. I didn't I see don't even it. remember. I know that Austin wins this match. The, the referee. Stone Cold ends up being the referee yeah. like by 100%, which is weird because HPK is also in there. And I guess because HPK was kind of a current wrestler, they didn't really – they didn't really think to give him any vote, but it's just strange because coming off of that Jericho feud, you might assume that. What do you HBK mean they didn't vote? give him votes? Ladies, the people spoke, and you would have thought because they would have, you would have thought they would want us to pick HBK with that storyline. And to it to the point that, like you said, HBA got it, HBK got into it. He came down to count, but because it was Chris and the and Stone Cold was down, Shawn Michaels had the ref shirt on and wouldn't count. He just looked at him. He should have gave him two middle fingers like Shane McMahon did to Stone Cold back in 1998's Survivor Series. Greatest damn pay-per-view ever. Oh, so many twists and turns. And they call it hot-shotting. I call it a good event. Try to, try to win an Emmy with us. By the way, ladies. <laughs> uh, so the voting here was uh, surprising. But Austin, of course, he's a legend. He, just, he, he should have ref that other match, too, with Santino. He should have been in all the polls. Um, but we have... Uh, he won't count for Jericho, HBK. Then Orton comes out in a ref shirt and gets stunned. Wait, was Orton one of the selections? Why would he be there? Orton was one of the selections. Yeah, he definitely he got 4% of the vote. So it was one of those like, well, we know you're not going to win. But he was the chain match. We got to put something on there just so we know we're only giving two real options. And, yeah, he was one of the refs. And I think he was cleared by this time because I know that he he had the broken collarbone for, like, the whole year. I guess he, he and Batista used to be buddies, so he needed to have a part to play in Batista winning the title. But Batista was a face and just overcame the odds and really went clean. Although Jericho had him beat when Sean didn't count. So I'm confused now. You're over, you didn't know how to react to Triple H, Jeff Hardy. I don't know who I like here. we got Jericho, Batista. And Jer this is like WrestleMania 11, ladies. I was, I was young, okay? I was nine years old. Me and Bobby Taylor wrestled each other on his couch watching it. And Shawn Michaels was our favorite because Diesel, uh, well, the ref was down, got super kicked, and HBK had the belt one. And meanwhile, they act like the big problem here was that uh, he kicked out at one. Like, if you read Shawn Michaels' book, if you listen to podcasts, if you hear Kevin Nash shoot, you hear, oh, Shawn told me. The kick out at one's a bad idea, and I heard the people just drain. No, we drained because you kicked out at all. You could have kicked out at two and four fifths, and we were like, "Fuck!" 
The ref was down. We all love Sean. I hate that we blame a coconut one. It's because the ref was down and the heel almost won, but we loved him. That's the problem. Why did I bring this up? Oh, yeah, because, Vladies, this is what this was like, where we have the bad guy about to win, but the ref screws him. Always very bizarre, but I guess Batista still overcame something, right? Batista, yeah, and, and JBL gets involved. It's just kind of a mishmash of a lot of, what is it, six guys end up being in this match. So, uh, And it's an interesting way to get the belt off of Jericho onto Batista for a short period of time because I know that Jericho wins this. Like, he doesn't he win it back like the next night or some shit? Spoiler. Like, he, yeah, spo- yeah, well, we're going to watch Raw. So uh, for everyone who's getting ready to watch Survivor Series, postpone that. We're going to watch Raw. For the next one, because but I definitely think yeah, doesn't Jericho win it back like immediately? Spoiler, but yeah, ladies, we will be moving finally getting to Survivor Series next. I, that's where we thought we were this week, and it was a little disappointing to have to go to this yeah, this like one night only TNA paper style pay per view. It doesn't, <laughs> although they act like it changes careers and it's so important, it never feels like it. It's a taboo Tuesday situation, which I think came before or after. I don't know. We have more years to cover, ladies, but now we finally get to go to Survivor Series. Of course, after we cover the Raw the night after Cyber Sunday. We did get Cyber Monday in there. Isn't that what it is now, Vladis? We have Black Friday, then Cyber Monday? Cyber Monday, then Giving Tuesday, then uh, it, just every day of your week, you got to give somebody some money. Taka Tuesday. Remember Taka Michinoku? God, he was the best. He was the lightweight champion. One of the best what's talents Michino- in the world. What's like Michinoku Pro Wrestling? Does he have his own like company where he's Cody Rhodes and this is AEW? I just assume that's his. Every time I hear that name, there's only one to me, but it might be a family thing. He must be an important family, right? Like the Guerreros, but in the Gook land. He's like the great Muda, but Takamichi Noku. Yeah, well, they're better because they wouldn't give Sammy Guevara their cruiserweight title. Goddamn Mexicans, ladies. But I can't wait for Survivor Series. I hope that uh, is uh, MVP going to be there or is he gone by now? MVP is going to be there. Spoiler alert, I watched the first match. And yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> I and MVP's wait. there and he's doing his song and he walks out to the ring like he is half asleep. This was the greatest night of my life, ladies. We covered so much. We talked about Elimination Chamber 2019. We talked about Cyber Sunday 2008. You got Jessica so mad at me and you. Uh, yeah. We got to hear. I don't know what to say. That's a weird position to be put in as your friend. Like, hey, what? Like, I'm not hard enough. It's like, I know I'm not hard enough on you because it's like, I don't know. We're on a microphone and you already know you shouldn't do it. So Jessica, he already knows you shouldn't do it. So if he does it again, send him my way. We got a Nia Jax. He already did, and you went easy on me. We have a Nia Off J- mic. <laughs> well, we're not talking about wrestling. We're talking about wrestling here. I told you beforehand to go out on me. Don't say that. We had a Nia Jax weight update. She's 300 and a half ounces, according to her. So ladies, we covered AEW. They have a chief brandy officer, and it makes me sick. But we're, well, hope- we're hoping ROH will be great. I wanted to watch an EC3 promo with you. It's one that George and Jessica in Australia both showed me or bring up as examples of his greatness, and I swear I, st- I don't get it. It's the EC3 I don't get. So we'll watch it together, see if we love it. I'm going to get you a crazy lighter by next week, ladies. I mean, what a wonderful week, but they all are with the man himself. Well, this EC3 promo, I can't wait to see it because when he came out on Raw and wrestled Dean and like, the crowd was asleep, I was very confused. I know that Vince wants a fresh look on Raw, so they better call me because until the day that we die. We are. We are. We are. The whole fucking show. The big kibosh.com. Well, we right. He's not the moon, not the star, but the sun. Right. I have a ten year old son. 
Holy, 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 holy. What in the world are you thinking of? Sticking little smokies in your butt. Why on earth is Max's hair blue? I actually died of blue. Yeah, blue. <laughs> Jackass Kevin's gonna fuck you. Gonna put hot sauce in his face. Oh, please, it's in my fucking head! How the fuck's he gonna top that? It's in my head! He better grab some mace. Oh my god, I'm so jealous! How in the world are you gonna see? <laughs> Let alone send out a tweet. Oh, no. oh, oh, no. Who in the hell do you think you are? Some kind of star. This is what he does. Well, right, you are. We all shine. He's not the moon, not the star, but the sun. We all shine. Stand holy, 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 holy. Yeah. Look at Booker T. Oh, yeah. Ten-year-old son. I have a ten-year-old son. 
used to second place trophies. I'll tell you a story, Booker. I, I fought in a tournament and I took fourth place. Pull side, not ringside. On the way home from that Pull tournament, side. I had a trophy in my hand and my dad said, hey, let me see that trophy. And he threw it out the window while we were on the highway home. I don't accept fourth place, third place, second place. I was built to be tough. I was built to last. And I was built to get things done by any means necessary. On Facebook, that's easy. Forward slash Young Bucks is where you can go.